0: of the show. Welcome to episode 68 of The Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by therelaxeddog.com. Thank you very much for finding this show. I am your host Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. Welcome back if you've listened before, and a special welcome if this is your first time. My guest this week is from the US, and that is Tori Mystique. But first, in some doggy news, we stay in the US, in Florida, in a place called Boca Raton, and a 74 year old lady was taking her golden retriever mix Nalu. Uh, on a walk on one evening and she let the dog off to go into a bit of a, a lake. And it was about, um, chest deep and she noticed a large shadow, which unfortunately moved quickly towards the dog. Turned out it was an alligator and the alligator grabbed the dog. So what did that lady do? She dived onto the alligator, um, The alligator then let go of the dog um, and bit the lady on the hand, but then let go of the lady. So they managed to both uh, get out of the jaws of the alligator. Um, They then went to hospital. They both recovered just with uh, some puncture wounds, thankfully. So please be aware where you are going to go off lead. Uh, we go to the UK, and if you are a Manchester City supporter, you'll know, or you may not know, Phil Woden has uh, just recently got a French Bulldog, and he's named it Caribou after the uh, Caribou Cup in which his team is playing for. And in South Africa, some people walking around Sport Dam uh, looked out and saw a dog swimming around and having a bit of a hard time. They contacted the local rescue and the local rescue went out there. Uh, in the meantime, a person on a jet ski had found a shepherd mix uh, having a hard time And they all assisted in the rescue, so congratulations to everyone there. And now, this week's interview. Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. I am here with Tori Mystic. How are you?
1: I'm doing really well. How are you, Robert?
0: I am doing fantastically well. So, where in the world are you?
1: I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where fall is just starting to hit. So it's really nice this time of year.
0: Oh, nice, nice. And who are we going to talk about today?
1: Well, today, you know, I got your prompt and one of the questions included the strange things they've eaten. So I knew we had to talk about Bert. (laughs) (laughs) I I have two chocolate labs and labs are known for eating anything, but Bert in particular has gotten into some things. So we'll talk about him today.
0: Oh, looking forward to hearing about that. And are looking forward to hearing about Bert's partner in crime as well. So as per usual, I am going to ask you to take us back in time to before you and Bert got together and just tell us about the the hows and whys that that happened.
1: So I have had chocolate labs for almost 20 years and, and I like having two dogs at one time and um, my previous dog Lola had passed away, I think five years ago as of like now. Um, And so I just had my other dog Lucy for like, it was just the two of us for a couple of years. Uh, And, and Lucy and Lola together were a fun pair because Lola was nine years old when I got Lucy as a little eight week old puppy. So she kind of gave Lola a new lease on life and Lola showed Lucy, like, what can you do and what can you not do? (laughs) Um, As old dogs are really great at that. Um, And so when we lost Lola, you know, it was, of course, devastating as it always is, but it was kind of nice for me and Lucy to just have some time, the two of us. So we had a couple of years, just the two of us, and we did a lot of traveling and road trips and things like that. And during that time, I kind of knew I would get a second dog and my friends at the park would always say, when are you getting another one? And I, since I have a pretty large following online and a lot of chocolate lab Lovers, I would look on Pet Finder and I would search for chocolate labs that were available for adoption, sometimes in my area, but sometimes, you know, all over the country. And I would share them on Instagram or Twitter or something like that. And And one day, I'd been doing this for about a year and hadn't fallen for anyone. (laughs) And then one day, I was. (laughs) Yeah, I know. One day, it was a very dangerous hobby. Um, One day, I was looking and I saw this profile pop up. And I don't know why it called to me because it was the worst profile. It was like one blurry picture, like almost no description. It just said senior male chocolate lab and it said special needs and that is not the dog that people be like oh my god i have to have that dog uh and so because of that he'd been in the shelter for over a year because he didn't have you know on paper he didn't look real good and uh but I don't know something about it. I was just, I felt like called that. I was the person like nobody was taking this dog. I had to, because nobody else was. And with my blog and everything else that I do, I, I have a lot of resources and, um, can call experts and ask their opinion on things. And so I just, I I called and got more information. And so I learned that his special needs is that he has epilepsy. And so he was on medication for that. And he has to take medication every day, twice a day to manage that. And he was about five or six or seven. I think he was six or seven. And at the time, Lucy was six and a half. So I thought that was kind of perfect to have two dogs that were the same age, since I'd already gone from a big age difference. And I went out and met him. He was bouncing off the walls and he's like 90 pounds and was jumping all over the place. He was just so excited, but I could just tell he was just so sweet and having chocolate labs. I knew that even though he was bouncing off the walls, I just knew he needed more exercise and he needed, you know, things and tools and resources to manage his energy. uh, And I knew I could do that. And so we hit it off. I got approved and then the next step was bringing Lucy out to meet him and uh I brought her out and the shelter staff chose that time when I'd already gotten there to tell me that he'd failed a couple of meet and greets before
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't know about yeah, and so <laughs> yeah and so I got there and Lucy is wonderful because she is kind of a... Uh, she she's a little bit snobby, I guess, when she meets other dogs. she's not always eager to play mm-hmm. she's kind of picky um and so she just ignored him, and it worked out perfectly because he was like all all up in her business, and she was like, "I don't really care what you're doing. you know she just kind of stood there, and so it actually it worked out perfectly and and so that's how that's how we met Bert
0: oh nice <laughs> that how. Was the first couple of weeks when Bert moved in?
1: Well, so uh, there was a lot of things uh, in the first like couple of days that um, I hadn't really thought about. So even like the minute that we left the shelter, I was like, "Oh, I don't know if he's good in the car." Um, so there's like all these little things, you know, that come up, and and he turned out to be wonderful in the car. He was so quiet. He didn't make a peep and he just lied down. Uh, and it was about an hour drive back home. So he was fantastic. Um,
0: then we, where do they travel in the car?
1: So Bert, um, both of the dogs now they ride in the way back. I have an SUV and so they ride in like the cargo area. Um, but when, but for that, for our like first journey together, I put Lucy in the back seat and I put Bert in the way back to keep them separate since, they had only just met. (laughs) Uh, But then we got home and uh, there was just, there was a lot of little things that I noticed about Bert. And I think he's just unique because most people don't get dogs who had been homeless for over a year. So he'd been in the shelter for over a year. Before that, nobody knows where he came from because he was found on the side of the road. And uh, so I don't know if he ever lived in a home because he was found in a rural area. So he might've been like a farm dog and lived outside. I don't know if he ever lived in someone's home. And so, so when I got him here, he really was nervous about doing the steps. I don't know if he'd done steps in over a year. Uh and then, you know, we we think it's nothing all of our dogs follow us into the bathroom. He was like, "What is going on in here?"
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: he was like he was just freaked out by the bathroom. And it was just like all these little things. He also when I first got him, he um he did not like to sleep on a dog bed. He would sleep on the, on the floor, or he would just stand. He stood and just like stood for hours and hours and hours. Um, and so it was just a process to kind of get him comfortable with being a spoiled dog. And now he's very comfortable being spoiled. (laughs)
0: Oh, nice. And it's such a that little bit of an extra challenge when there's that unknown because you just don't know what's affected them mentally so much and and what's in their heads and what they're used to and what they've been exposed to.
1: Yeah. It's really, it's, it's just, it, you're exactly right. Like it's what they're used to, I think is like the biggest thing, um, you know, and he just wasn't used to lying on a comfy bed or sitting and being good <laughs> so it was a work in progress
0: uh, that's nice I remember hearing uh, another story of you know a dog taking first steps on grass and you just think you take something like that for granted but for some mm-hmm. dogs and some animals it's just a, a whole new experience and a, a big mental challenge to hey what's this thing I'm going to step on
2: you know
1: yeah I know it's it's we do take a lot of it for granted, but it's like all these little things. Um, he we also we spend a lot of time outdoors and and we go hiking in the woods a lot. And my dog Lucy, she loves water. She would live in the water if she could. And Bert, on the other hand he's the only labrador who was terrified of water um so when we f- when we first went on a hike all together at our regular spot that we go to there's a little stream that goes through it and he it was like it was lava he okay. would not touch it and he had to like he, he it took him a long time to figure it out and so he finally backed up and took a running leap and jumped like 10 feet over top of this thing (laughs) just so that he didn't have to touch the water. And, and now he's gotten a lot better with it. He will actually like wade into it and drink it and everything. Um, But he still doesn't really like to swim.
0: Mm. How was Lucy in the, in that first cup, you know, period when you got home and
1: Yeah. So Lucy, um, she, this is how I would describe it. Um, She was like a spoiled little girl who uh, invite, you know, she invites her friends over for a sleepover and says, yeah, come over. It's going to be so great. You can play with all of my things, except not that and not that. And no, you can't touch that. That's mine. You can't touch that. Don't get your hands off that. So we had like all these toys and all these things. And at first she was like, yeah, party. And then the minute Bert started playing with things, she'd be like, no, put that back in the box. That's mine. (laughs) And it was so funny. Uh, She was really nervous that he was going to steal all of her toys. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, nice and did did Burt play nice with her toys
1: <laughs> well he had to kind of learn a little bit um so we I, I kind of taught them how to like do tug of war because Lucy really likes tug of war uh with other dogs especially and so um Burt he, he, he had no patience. He would, he would tug it a few times and then he would wrestle her, grab her neck and wrestle her to the ground. And I was like, that's not how the game is played. <laughs> so, you know, we had to kind of teach him how to play tug of war. Um,
0: um, so in your house, where do they, where does sort of the, dog dogs sort of live and, and have you got a, a yard and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, so I live um I live in the city of Pittsburgh, um, not downtown, but right outside of downtown, but it's still like an urban area. So I have a small yard, but uh it's plenty of space for the dogs to kind of go out and play a little bit and do their business. Um, and one of my favorite things is I have a doggy door on my back door. So they love to go in and out of that. And Lucy, I know we're talking about Burp, but I can't help thinking of her but she she loves giant stuffed animals that are like as big as she is and she tries to push them through her doggy door with her <laughs> and it's like the funniest it's the cutest and funniest thing it's just I love watching them go through the doggy door um but other than that yeah I live in a in like a kind of smallish house here in the city and the dogs definitely have the run of the house so there's really nowhere they're not allowed to be. And uh, they hang out in, I I work from home. So they're usually, I have a couch in my office. And so they're usually hanging out on the couch in there most days.
0: How was how Bert with the doggy door?
1: So Bert, he's a little bit taller than Lucy. And um, Lucy was a little bit, or is a little bit taller than my old dog Lola was. So I've progressively gotten slightly larger dogs but I had the doggy door installed a long time ago. So he has to kind of stoop a little bit to get through it. Um, But he's, he's great. He he figured it. He figured that out pretty quickly. Mm
0: -hmm. And sleeping arrangements.
1: Well, (laughs) so for years I was a no dogs in the bed person, which I think comes as, as a surprise to many people because I'm just like, So proud to be a dog mom, Uh, but I, I like forbid the dogs from being in the bed for years because two big chocolate labs, they take up a lot of space. You know, they're really warm. They get hair and dirt everywhere. So I had no dogs in the bed. And then uh, the pandemic happened (laughs) and we gave up on a lot of our rules and kind of had like anything goes (laughs) for a while. And and now that they now that they are in the bed, I kind of don't want to kick them out. I like it now. So
0: I got one back.
1: (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) We have dog beds everywhere, Uh, but they they're usually in the bed. Lucy Bert. Bert stays in the bed all night long. Um, but Lucy, she kind of gets up and down 15 times.
0: Mm, plus she just getting into the cooler periods. So.
1: yeah. She goes, I have um, since my house is my house is like a hundred years old. And so um there used to be a fireplace in my bedroom. And, and so the fireplace is gone, but this the like brick at the bottom is still there. Mm-hmm. So it's like the coolest place to to lie, so that's where Lucy usually hangs out. Wow,
0: yeah, actually, it's a nice, like a, a nice sort of like, like impromptu sort of like crate, but not a crate area.
1: Yeah, it's like a place kind of because it is like a, a little distinctive area, like different texture, different material, and yeah, she likes being on there.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what are your you, your local walks like?
1: So we, we walk around my neighborhood most of the time, um, but we'll go, if my house is like the center of the spokes of the wheel, we go out in every different direction, um, just depending on the day and, um, and depending on where it's garbage day as well. (laughs) So So uh, I'm always
0: depending on where it's garbage day.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what it's like over in Australia, but like, here in my neighborhood garbage is picked up on Tuesday morning but the next neighborhood over from me it's on Wednesday morning mm-hmm. and so on on Tuesdays I go over there but on Wednesdays I stay over here cuz I try to avoid it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> so that's part that's part of our routine on, on Tuesday mornings we always go somewhere else. Um But we we walk around here, and there's a bunch of little parks um, that are are, that are just like pretty, you know, manicured little city parks around here. Um, And and so we go to those most days, and then we're really lucky to have a beautiful wooded area. It's about a 15 minute drive from our house, and the dogs are permitted off leash, and there's streams and trails and wonderful dogs and really nice people. And so we go there like once or twice a week. Uh, Very, very nice. Mm -hmm.
0: Been any interesting incidents at the, at that park?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, if you want to start (laughs) talking about the things that Bert has eaten, (laughs) we could start with what he's eaten at that park. Uh, So there's, there are a lot of trails that go around and, and in our area in Pennsylvania, there's a lot of deer a lot of deer. So this is a little foreshadowing of what happened one day. Um, We were walking around and Bert, he, he just has the most amazing sense of smell of any dog I've ever met. And so I think from the moment that we got out of the car, probably before we even got out of the car, probably when we were driving on the road to get there, he could smell that there was a dead deer somewhere. And he probably knew exactly where it was from the minute we got there. And so we walk, we're walking, doing our loop. Uh, it's like maybe two miles or something like that, that we walk. And so we're walking around in the, in the woods and, and we're going and the dogs are off leash um, and they're allowed to be off leash there. And um, all of a sudden Bert, gets a whiff of something and he goes charging down into this ravine and it was in the fall. I don't think it, I can't remember if it was fall 2020 or 2019, but there were piles and piles of leaves, like three feet deep of leaves everywhere. And this really steep ravine. And so he goes running down and I was really nervous because Uh, That took you down to the road. And so usually that's not a problem because we're way up high on the ridge on the trail. But Bert went down and um, I was nervous he was going to cross the road. So Lucy, I said, Lucy, come on, we got to go down there. So Lucy's like, oh, great. This is going to be such a fun adventure. She's like bouncing around and I'm like nervous. I'm like trying to run down this hill and the leaves are so steep. So I was, I was like sliding on my butt through the leaves and it was disgusting because you could like smell the deer pee in the leaves (laughs) And, you know, like I just knew it was just so I just we were going to be very dirty by the end of this activity. And um so we get down to the bottom of this ravine where I could see Bert and he was down in this like crevice. And I'm sorry for anyone. I hope no one's eating lunch. Um, He had found this deer carcass that was like... I don't know, pretty decomposed and, <laughs> and he, I found him and I was like, so scared. I was going to fall into this mess. Uh, so I'm trying to like straddle over the sides and not fall slip in the leaves and all of this. And I had to reach in. Bert had his whole head inside of um, like a rib cage of this oh. deer. It was so disgusting and um and I had to reach in my hand and I was like screaming the whole time. And I had to reach in my hand and grab his collar and get him out. And I was so mad at him. And uh and and then since we were all the way down there, I had to luckily I leashed the dogs up and we had to walk back to the car like on the side of the road. <laughs> so that that's one of the more memorable and, and like outlandish stories that's happened there. Uh and so because of that, some, sometimes Bert has to be leashed up at that park when I can just tell that mm. he's, like, getting an idea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so how how are they when there's live deer around?
1: They're usually good. Um, and I think that's kind of on me a little bit. Like, I, I try to pay a lot of attention when we're out there. Uh, and if I see anything, which we don't usually during the day, um but if i see anything any kind of animal during the day like a big one like a deer i'll call the dogs over to me before they see it hopefully <laughs> uh but they bert and lucy they have never chased a deer um like far or anything like that my my old dog lola one time she she chased one pretty far and i had to go find her um but bert and lucy have been pretty good about that
0: oh nice and and smaller animals
1: um well they they do we have a uh, a battle with the squirrels all the time.
2: <laughs>
1: I have a lot of squirrels. Um and in my backyard I have a big um black walnut tree. Mm-hmm. And so the squirrels we have tons of squirrels cuz they're always up there eating the walnuts and running around. Um and so the, the squirrels, they—I think they do it on purpose. They torment the dogs um, because they—they they run on the telephone wires too. And Bert, like, will go and just bark at the telephone wire for five minutes. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: nice, nice. Um. <clears throat> so apart from tug, which you mentioned, Lucy likes. What's what's Bert's sort of favorite games to play?
1: Well, so um, Bert, he's, he's such a good boy. One of, one of the games that we started playing during the pandemic, probably when it was snowing or raining or something one day last winter, I started playing hide and seek with the dogs in the house. And so one of, one of the things that's been important, one of the training things that's been important for Bert is place. Um, so he gets, he just gets nervous when certain delivery trucks come by, uh, and he's got a little bit of separation anxiety. And so I found that having him lay in his place on his dog bed in the front room, he just is like his safe spot, like his crate or something, but he just has a bed. Um, so going to his place has been really important. So, so anytime we can kind of like reinforce place, I work on that. So I came up with this game, hide and seek and... I have the dogs stay in their place in the front room and I'll go hide somewhere in the house and kind of whistle or call them to release them and have them come find me. And, and it is so funny because they usually have a really hard time finding me. (laughs) (laughs) and i can see them running around i'll hide behind a door or the one place where they can never find me is if i'm in in the bathtub which they'll they'll walk right by the door and i can see them but for some reason they don't see me there and if i'm behind a door in a dark room they'll they'll run upstairs downstairs they'll run through every room and they'll go right by me and it it just Usually they find me because I start laughing, <laughs> and and Bert he's really really good at um, at scent work and finding things, mm-hmm. and he also loves being around me. So the reward so having the reward be me (laughs) it just sounds very like (laughs) egotistical but having the reward of the game be like finding me that's that's his favorite game he loves that and his his face just lights up and he loves it he could play 20 rounds of that
0: yeah no I love it that's what what I think what more people should should focus on that and then for that to have their dogs to be that reward what you're doing is exactly it
1: great yeah and and he just it we just kind of like made it up one night and I mean I know hide and seek's not a new game but um we just started doing it one night and it became a really fun thing that you can just you can do for five minutes or you can do for 20 minutes and um you can make it as easy or hard as you want and it's really fun
0: do you play that in the park
1: you know I I don't think that they would give me, they would find me immediately because they, they would see where I was going. Um, but yeah, I, I could, I could try it in the park, but I think they would find me immediately, (laughs) (laughs) which isn't bad. I mean, (laughs) it would be an easy reward.
0: (laughs) Mm. So you mentioned scent work and I was going to ask, do you do specific stuff with Bert for scent work?
1: He we just started. Um, I, I actually discovered scent work and scent games with Lucy. We were training um for something else. And um, some the company we were working with sent us a, a scent kit and instructions on how to do it. And that was the first time I I ever discovered it. And then being in the woods with Bert and him finding deer and bones and all kinds of stuff all the mm-hmm. time. Um and I could see him in the woods working a perimeter like police dogs do, like drug sniffing dogs do. I've seen videos of them and I saw Bert just doing that on his own. And I thought, oh, we should really do some scent work with Bert. So um, I, I discovered this sport and I don't know if you have it over there, but it's called barn hunt.
0: Yes, uh, we, okay. we don't have it, but I'm aware of it
1: yeah you've heard of it? yeah, it is so fun. Uh, so we just we just recently got into it, and Bert, um it, it's kind of new, and it's a little bit um, it's just not that available, I think, around at least around here. Um, so we weren't able to go to any classes. And I was reading these forums online. They said, just sign up for a trial and just go, and that's the best way to learn. just. Jump jump right into it. Yeah, so that's what we did.
0: I was gonna say for the people listening that that don't know what Barn Hunt is, do you want to give a little quick summary?
1: Yes. Yeah. So Barn Hunt, um, it's it, it can be just like a fun for fun as a hobby, or there's also trials and competitions, of course, that you can do. Um, and so basically it is designed to be straw bales or hay bales uh set up in some kind of a course and then hidden in the course inside of the area, the competition area or hunting area um, in the hay bales, they hide canisters that have plenty of air holes on them. And inside the canister are live rats. And so when you're doing a competition, there might be three canisters hidden, one with a live rat one that's totally empty and then one that has rat litter in it. Uh, And so it is your dog's job. You let them loose in the ring and it is their job to find the rat tube and indicate to you that they found it. So it's really about teamwork and, um, and them using their nose to find it because it is hidden under the hay. Like I can't even see it. The dogs can't see it. So they really have to, to sniff it out and find this rat. And, um, as, as a city person, this was not, this is not something on my radar. (laughs) (laughs) And that's probably why it's hard to find classes around here. Um, but I I found out about this and I, I just knew I was like, Bert is going to be really good at this. So, you know, and I also wanted to find an activity that I could do just with him Mm -hmm. because my other dog, Lucy, she's a therapy dog. So we have our own kind of organized outings together. So I wanted to have an activity for just him. And so I, so we started doing this barn hunt and we went to our first competition in the spring with having no classes. And all I, all I was able to do was read online and watch some videos. And I saw people on Instagram doing it. And I sent them DMS asking for advice but we pretty much just showed up that day and um, and just did it. And so on Bert's first run, you get like a minute or two minutes to find the rat, depending on what level you're at. On his first run, he found the rat in 19 seconds. Oh, wow. Nice work. <laughs> so he did really good. <laughs> so we're actually we're going to a, a class tomorrow and he's got another trial coming up in about three weeks.
0: Oh, that's excellent. I yeah, love how you and
1: he, he was very proud. Like you, he was just, it was, it was perfect for him.
0: Also, I love how you're giving both of your dogs, you know, like personal time and individual time with different things that they enjoy.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I hear from a lot of people that um, they're, you know, I might say, oh, I took just Lucy to this place or I took just Bert to this place. And sometimes I'll get messages on Instagram saying, oh, I can never choose. Like I just don't go anywhere with the dogs because I could never leave one behind. And I said, well, you're all kind of missing out then. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, if you take just one with you, you can, you can go more places. Because um, like, even for me to go, you people love to go to breweries with their dogs, but to take both of them is a little bit too much for me to manage. So if I take just one, then we all have fun. You know, it's it's better
0: for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, to go back with um, grooming and hygiene with Bert and and with his initial sort of like hesitancy with water, how how was bath time?
1: So he, despite the fact that he hates, and he just walked into the room. He knows we're talking about him. <laughs> um, despite the fact that he hates swimming, he. He really is patient and tolerates his bath time. And my family, like sometimes I'll talk to my family, be like, Bert is just, he'll let me do this. He'll let me do that. And they say, well, of course he'll do anything. He loves you so much. He'll do anything you ask. Um, And he is just, he's just very dedicated. And he really, that's very true. Um, So when I give... Him a bath, he really just stands still. He does not enjoy it, but he just stands still. He doesn't shake off. He waits for the whole process to be done. But then what I think is fun, um, I got a dog dryer that's like uh has like the canister on the ground and then the long tube um to dry them with. He's burnt <laughs> rubbing up against the door behind me.
0: That's fine. <laughs> there. He's there. allowed to, it's uh, it's his podcast.
1: It's true. You <laughs> don't want him to create a lot of editing work for you. <laughs> um so so I got a uh I got a dog dryer and um what's so funny is that my dog Lucy, you know, who is the purebred dog, therapy dog, all this stuff, she hates the dryer and uh I need to leash her up and attach the leash to something in order to dry her with it and and bribe her with peanut butter. Um, But with Bert, I don't even put a collar on. He just stands there and he lets me use the dryer on him. And he, he like loves it. He loves the feeling of the dryer. And even when I am doing yard work and I have the leaf blower out, he (laughs) loves being hit with the leaf blower. He just loves it.
2: (laughs) Mm.
1: Most oh. dogs hate the hate the leaf blower and they hate the, the vacuum. Most dogs hate all those things. Yeah. Um but Bert likes it. Yeah.
0: Excellent. So I know we mentioned earlier on about the epilepsy. Can you tell us have there have there been any, any episodes that have that he's had and your reactions to that?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I love talking about this because I think the fact that Bert's profile for on the rescue was listed as special needs and that he has epilepsy and he's on medication, it, nobody adopted him because of that for over a year. And I just want everyone to know that I, I got him. We, he takes medication every day. It's not a big deal you have to feed your dog every day anyhow. So adding medication, it's, it's not hard to manage. Um, and he went, once we got his medication at the correct levels and everything. Um, and I think that the, his change in lifestyle coming to live here where he gets plenty of exercise, really nutritious food, lots of love, lots of playtime, lots of rest, all of those things that might've been lacking in some way or another in the shelter. Um, So once his lifestyle changed and we got his medication correct, he didn't have a a seizure for two years. Uh, And so when he was in the shelter, he was having them like once a week or or pretty frequently. Um, And so we got the medication right. And I give them a lot of credit because they actually they went back and forth with their vet two or three times to get the medication right for him, which was really incredible. I think a lot of shelters wouldn't have the resources to do that. Um, So they really got the medication right. And, and I kept up with it and kept it consistent. And he went two years without having a seizure. And uh, then one night this past spring, I think in February or March, he, um, he had one, he had a seizure and, um, it was not, it wasn't a big deal. Um, my, my old dog Lola, she actually had a couple of seizures. I wouldn't say that she was epileptic, but she just had a couple of seizures. So I had seen it before. So I knew a little bit of what to expect. And I think that the seizure that Bert had this year was less severe than the ones I saw Lola have. Um, but of course, now I'm older, <laughs> maybe I'm less phased by things. So I don't know in context really how it stood up to each other. But, um, it, you know, it was, we were sitting on the couch together and I was about to go out to go pick up some dinner. And I said, Bert, I'm I'm leaving. You're you're gonna have to stay here. I'll be back in 10 minutes. And it was almost like he was like, no, don't leave. <laughs> and uh and you know, I don't know what triggered it. It was just nothing weird was happening. It happened to be a full moon, uh, which some vets and even like people nurses have told me that the full moon does sometimes trigger seizures in animals and people. Mm. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but, but, um, I was about to get up off the couch and ordinarily he would get up with and follow me wherever I was going. And he tried to get up and just got this look on his face like, Oh, my body's not doing what I want it to do. And he, he tried to stand up and he couldn't. And, um, just li- lied back down on the couch. So um, I just kept him company and like petted him and waited for it to pass. It lasts about a minute. Um, and I do have some, some medication here in case of emergency, in case it goes over three minutes or something, I can give him something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, but honestly it, it really was not a big deal and he hasn't had one since then. So you know, I don't think that everyone should go out and get a special needs dog. You have to be able to handle it, but it's not—it's not the worst thing in the world. So, oh,
0: excellent. So, uh, apart from the epilepsy, has there been any any other medical concerns and trips to the vet?
1: Nothing. Nothing major. He's he's a pretty sturdy dog. I think since he was found in a rural area and he is kind of a farm boy, um, he's just a sturdy dog. And um, he's, he's bigger than Lucy, but she, they're, they're about nine and a half years old now. And she's starting to get like a little twinge of arthritis a little bit. And he has no signs of any of that. So he's, he's just, he's just a very sturdy guy. And the, the one problem that we had which I was just mortified was a couple like a month I think a month after I adopted him or maybe two months because it was pretty cold maybe two months after I adopted him we were at a dog park with some friends and I knew all the people there and all the dogs but they're all running around and I'm talking to my friend and I said oh it's so cold I can barely feel my feet I think I'm gonna leave and Bert runs over to us and she looks down and she said, Oh my God, there's blood all over the side of Bert. And I, you know, I'm like, Oh, it's probably some dog's mouth, you know, probably just some blood from some, like, I didn't think it was a big deal, but then she, thank goodness. She was more concerned than I was because she looked down, he had split his ear like a, like one inch split. Mm -hmm. And, um, Nobody saw anything happen. Nobody heard anything. He didn't even he didn't make a sound. Like nobody know someone. Nobody knows how it happened, um, but it was so cold out that um, it didn't. It wasn't gushing blood because his little his ears at the tips were probably so cold. <laughs> <laughs> It was actually kind of like the perfect conditions for a freak accident like that. Um, So I had to take him to the emergency vet and he had to get stitches and um, they stitched him up like new and you would have no idea now Mm. that it ever happened.
0: I was just going to make a comment. Going back to your original, you know, how you found Bert and how a label and spending that long in in a pound rescue but really in reality it's like a normal dog yeah but that's how how negative uh how we can be by putting a label on that and he's he spent a year and i know fate is meant to be a lot of the time and he's meant to be with you but that's you know to, to put a dog through that just because someone thinks this you know
1: it's yeah you know, I, I meet people all the time and say he's a rescue and he he was in the shelter for a year and they'll say, who would give up a dog like that? And I said, well, you could have gone and gotten, (laughs) (laughs) he was, he was up for grabs. Um, but you're right. It's just saying special needs. Um, there was even, uh, something on his profile that said not good with children and, I asked them why it said that and they said well we just haven't ever seen him around children so we don't know and he's so big he might knock them over which is true um and he's not the greatest with children <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't wasn't untrue um but it but are, they're just these little things that people are like nope not interested in him nope nope <laughs> nope, nope 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 so yeah <laughs> So
0: I know we made uh, a little reference earlier on with the with the deer carcass, but <laughs> <laughs> complete the sentence. I can't believe my dog ate.
1: Okay, I think the weird one of the weirdest things that my dog Bert has ever eaten is one day we were on vacation at this. We rented a house out like in the countryside, kind of, and we were sitting outside, and he was off in the grass doing something. And he came back and he had a whole like 12 inch turtle shell, (laughs) no turtle in it, um, but just the turtle shell and he proceeded to eat the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Or at least he ate most of it and he went and hid the rest of it in the grass or something like that. You know, he, he finds all kinds of things like that. And um it's very hard to get him to drop things. So usually I just kind of let him have it until he, until he just drops it himself and then I can kind of yank him away. Uh, But I, I, I buy all kinds of weird things like those in the store. Mm -hmm. So it's no wonder he, you know, he's thinking he's getting a deluxe treat for free and he's, you know, He's he's very resourceful in that way.
0: <laughs> there have been any other interesting items?
1: Well, another interesting thing that's not related to dead animals
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> is uh when I when I first got him uh for several months. It took us It took us a while to kind of figure out a routine for leaving the dog's home alone. Lucy, she could be anywhere, do anything. Um, but with Bert, he wasn't used to being in a home. And so it just took me a while. I thought I could keep him in a certain area and he'd jump over something and or knock something over. So it just took a while to figure out. Um, and in that process, he would go in the kitchen and he could open the cabinets open the freezer (laughs) i would come home and the freezer would be open and he would have eaten like whatever he found there um but the weirdest thing was he would open the drawer where i keep spices and take out the red pepper flakes and take them over to the couch and i would find the bottle of red pepper flakes on the couch (laughs) Okay,
0: there that is unique. <laughs>
1: Very strange, so I don't he didn't eat like a lot of them, but it would be open. He would probably have a couple.
0: <laughs> Has he got any other unique habits that you would think it would be unique?
1: Well, Bert, he, his nickname is Bert the flirt because when he goes out, he's just really outgoing and he just, he latches onto people and people fall for him all the time. He's a great flirt. Uh, and so he'll go up and he loves to rub up against people. And of course they, they pet him and then he'll fall on the floor and roll over and like everyone just falls in love with him. Um, And so he's, he's very, very social. He is the best dog. If you're going to go somewhere alone, um, you'll make a million friends because he just goes up and everyone falls in love with him.
0: Mm -hmm. So you mentioned uh, one of the vacation spots that you go to, would you say that uh, both of the dogs have a favorite spot to go to?
1: Well, it's funny you should ask because I recently talked to an animal communicator and I asked, she talked to Lucy, she communicated with Lucy and um, I, I asked her to ask Lucy if she had any favorite places because we have traveled a lot. Um, and Lucy said that she just loves the different smells of nature in the different places that we go. So she didn't really have, um, she said some dogs, I think this is what Lucy said is that some dogs like going different places because they get to meet other dogs and do other things like that. She loves to go places where she can just smell something different. So I think she, and, and it's, it's you know the different woods smell different because they have different trees and slightly different soil and different things depending on if you're driving north or south or towards the beach or something so um so that's I thought that was really interesting because what I love about dogs is that I think the best part like the most magical part about them is things that are really subtle like that. Like her favorite vacation isn't because we went to like an amusement park or something. She's just like, I love the smell of this one of all the different trees, not just one tree, but I just love the different smells. So that's I don't know. It just I thought that was really cool.
0: Oh nice. So you just mentioned the beach. How was did Bert go to the beach much? And and how was his first time?
1: Bert has been to the beach a few times and um, I was wondering the same thing, how he would like it because he doesn't love water. But what I discovered was at the beach, because the if you go somewhere with waves, at least like, you know, subtle waves um, and they're kind of coming in and going out, he got really comfortable. It, you know, if he was standing in one place, the water would kind of come up and he would stay put and then it would leave um and he really liked that a lot so um he being at the ocean i think got him more comfortable with water mm-hmm. because he realized it's something that it's not like a constant like it'll come and go um so he he it kind of got him over his fear a little bit
2: oh
0: nice yeah and there's uh, also some interesting things to smell and find at the beach. Did he? <laughs>
1: well, yes. So that was another place where he had to go on leash because <laughs> he was, he was up in the dunes looking for trash and going to people's houses probably. So he had to be leashed up for a little bit. He, he didn't last very long off leash there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Apart from Lucy, does he have any other close doggy friends?
1: Um, You know, that's a good question. Bert, I I think the pandemic has kind of impacted our dog friendships a little bit because we used to have regular friends that we would see at the park every day. And then so many people kind of stopped going or they changed their routine and we don't see the same people every day anymore. Um, But he, when I first got him, he had a couple of best friends. One of his best friends was a burner doodle, which are really cool dogs, um, very, very nice. And then I, I'm just you know i'm I'm trying to rack my brain to see if Bert does have a best friend. I'm not I think he's just a mama's boy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, if I had to ask you right now in, and and uh, to what was in your head, your happiest moment. With Bert,
1: so this takes you back to like the subtle things that I was talking about, and so it's not like anything big. But in the early days of getting him, any anything that I could tell he was going out of his comfort zone or learning something new, I was just so proud of him. So. Obviously, doing the barn hunt was really great. That's recent. But one of my favorite memories, which it's not even I don't even know if I'm going to describe this very well, but we went to um when I got him, I even though he's an adult, I enrolled him us in group training classes to kind of refresh the basics. And um so we were going through a, a training class. And he, Bert was not very good at just sitting because I think he didn't have the muscle memory, you know, of sit takes a very particular set of muscles to kind of hold that position. And I think in the shelter, he had just kind of lost that particular set of muscles to do that. So we were kind of working on sit and down, he was very, very bad at <laughs> at doing down. And so we were at class one day, and I can't remember if it was sit or down, but, one of those two cues, I asked him to do it. And he, it was like, he looked up at me and a light bulb went off and he was like, Oh my gosh, I, I know what this is. I know. I remember this. I know how to do that. And it was just like, I know that's not like a really kind of fun, exciting story,
0: No, but it's a, it's a a special moment between the two of you. And that's what counts.
1: Yeah. And it's like, we just made eye contact and I saw hit, I saw him be like, oh my gosh. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, he knows. And we just had this like communication. And I think it. we just, I think like you said, sometimes it's just fate that some dogs end up in your life. And I think we just are really connected on another level. So yeah, that's, that's my, that's a little memory that I enjoy.
0: Uh, beautiful moment. Do you have anything else that's coming into your mind that you'd like to share with about Bert?
1: Well, um, November is coming up, and that is Adopt a Senior Dog Awareness Month. Mm. Um, and so, I would just encourage everyone. You know, I think in the pandemic, so many people got puppies, which is wonderful and exciting. Um, but don't forget about the senior dogs because uh, they have a lot of life left. And a lot of love to give, and um, and they're just they're they're wonderful, wonderful dogs out there, and there's no reason not to get them. So check out check out the senior dogs.
0: Absolutely. Now, do you want to let people know a little bit more about you and what you do?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I've kind of maybe alluded to it a little bit, but I have a dog mom blog that I've had for about eight or nine years. It's called Wear Wag Repeat. So wearwagrepeat.com. And I blog about all kinds of things that I do with the dogs and recipes that we make. We do a lot of interesting um, stuffed Kongs and stuffed chews and things like that. Um, And I also have a podcast where I interview women in the pet industry about business and dogs. And so, if you have your own pet industry business, you might want to tune in. It's also called the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. And, um, and of course, you can always, you can find me on Instagram, uh, at T Mystic is my account on there. And, um, yeah, I'm always, I'm always just posting whatever we're doing. And, and I like to try pretty much anything you can do with your dog. I like to just, Try it out and and see what it's about, so I can tell other people about it.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. You never know what your dog is going to like until you try.
1: Yeah, that's very true, and and you never know what what you're going to like too. I think um, a lot of people don't get into you know dog sports or different things because they're like I'm not I don't not really into that myself. But once you see how much fun your dog has, you will like it.
0: I liked it. I like it. Like nice philosophy there. It has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you.
1: Likewise. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, It was really fun. I'm usually talking about social media or something. So it was really fun to just talk about dogs and to talk about Bert.
0: Uh, It always is. (laughs) Thank you very much again. Take care.
1: Thanks, Robert. Bye bye.
0: Now, before you turn everything off, just hit that subscribe button and also think about that share button, and who you are going to send this episode to. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to hit those buttons, just like our listeners in Ashburn in the uh, USA and also in Madrid, Spain. Until next week, stay safe and remember, your dog is family.